It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm amped up to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Mark Miller, CEO of Spearfish, you know, a very unique sales tool that helps drive improved sales rep performance. One of the problems managers face with improving sales rep performance is about the only set of information they have about the reps is at the end of a deal when it's all done and they do their post-mortem and look back and try to decipher what happened and what could have been done differently. And it relies in part, in large part really, on the memory of the sales rep and the summary notes they might have created or maybe recreated from memory before they put into their CRM system. So think about what you could do if you had the actual record of the complete interaction with the customer sort of in real time to help coach the rep or to analyze the interaction for customer cues and intentions and requirements and be pretty awesome. So that's what Spearfish does and Mark is going to share with us how it can be done. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Andy. So take a minute, introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Mark Miller. I am the principal of a company called Spearfish, and that's spelled a little funny, S-P-E-A-R-F-Y-S-H, so F-Y-S-H.com, spearfish.com. Uh, and um, yeah, we started uh, Spearfish about four years ago, uh, and my background before that was uh, I had built a learning company around sales methodology, so I delivered a lot of training over 20 years to um commercial sales organizations who all wanted to get on the same page um, as they face the market, right? They need a methodology or framework, much like you do now, Andy. And uh, although we don't do that anymore, you know, we've developed a technology to help uh, sales organizations, you know, really shift the mindset towards better execution of methodology than the actual methodology itself. All right. Well, let's just jump right into Spearfish. Tell us what it does and how it works. Yeah, well, well uh, Spearfish uh, really goes to a place where nobody's gone before, which is the actual sales call. So you could call it a sales call management platform, uh, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we, we work with organizations who, commercial organizations, typically B2B, who, um, you know, face a major challenge in terms of getting kind of that collective yes from their clients, you know, and we're trying to help them do that you know, more quickly and more often. And typically, um, you know, that is a team sport that I'll refer to. So um, you can imagine a client uh, or a, uh, one of our customers, a sales organization, has many uh, sales conversations with its customers. Those typically occur across a team. So it goes from uh, inside BDM to a field salesperson potentially who might bring a sales engineer to the table who when they get a deal signed, you know, they've got to implement, right, me with the uh, project management team or the professional services team, and then they turn it over to account management. Often, many of those, you know, uh, people coexist with one opportunity. You know, you could have 10 guys working on a $20 million deal. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what they don't have is a way to, after they have those critical conversations every step of the way, you know, go back and review to see exactly uh, what happened, what was discussed, the specific uh, customer goals or strategies or processes or objectives. There is always a lot lost in translation. Uh, you know, what Spearfish does is capture those uh, critical moments, uh, 
everything, you know, the entire conversation, but as it captures it, it, it does it by topic and by important moment discussed. So, you know, essentially what's happening is salespeople are actually marking or tagging the audio, uh, the more essential moments of that call, and then, and then later uh, sending that up to a, um, a centralized library or repository where they can review that interaction, but more the high-level points if they want or the details, uh, share it with their team. Sales managers can actually do coaching uh, from the actual interactions to improve performance. And um, that asset or those assets, those interaction assets, because they're, they've, uh, they're now structured, which I'll explain in a minute, uh, the, the, you know, you've got the ability essentially uh, to improve marketing campaigns and messaging for the marketing guys, uh, and also improve product management around enhancements. You know, there, 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 there's basically a, a feedback loop now to the other people in the organization, right? Uh, who have an impact on sales, right? So I think just to make it abundantly clear, because I, I think we maybe skipped a point, is your salespeople are recording a conversation with the customer. That's right. And are they so, doing this doing this on their their smartphone or how's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, so they're using a tablet and uh, typically a tablet. Okay, yeah, but it's not a paper tablet. This is a digital yeah. tablet, like yeah, <laughs> an like, iPad, right? Yeah, like an iPad, exactly. And there, there's a very cool iPad coming out called an iPad Pro that's built for, that has a stylus with it, uh, and and uh, built for the sales professional or the mobile worker, right? The enterprise, and and essentially. Um, you know, the salesperson has a couple options. Number one, they have an we have an ability to create uh, a, a rapid agenda or a series of questions that tie to their sales process that they prepare for the call. It takes a couple minutes. They go into the call. They reference those questions. And those questions are kind of color-coded, so easy visual prompts of topics that need to be discussed. A series of tags that uh, represent uh, important moments that as I hear them I would touch those and with the permission of the customer uh, you know saying things like uh, you know, hey Andy, would it be alright if I use my iPad to capture the audio of this conversation? Uh, this gets both my voice and your voice as well as the handwriting, you know, my written notes. Everything is synced up because I don't want to have to you. I don't want you to have to re-explain it later to the next guy. I want to make sure we get the right solutions, and of course, everything's confidential. Would that be okay? So the good news is, you know, the customer acceptance to that is very high. So, but very high meaning. Uh, well, depending on the industry, you know, seventy-five uh, percent acceptance rate is the lowest that we recorded statistically. Ninety-five uh, percent is the highest, but I think. The, the way you'd want to look at it around sales call management is even if they say no, that's okay because audio is just one element. Uh, if they if you record the audio, you know, you've got 150% of productivity, right? It's just off the charts productivity gain for the sales guy with that data. But if they say no, you still are using Spearfish, just no audio. You're referencing the agenda or the topics being discussed. You're having a place to take notes. All those notes end up in the CRM automatically. You've got so you've got an easy way to get all your data into the CRM without having to do it at a later date, and and uh, you've got all your sales guys on the same page around how a sales call is prepared for, how it's executed, and what happens right after a sales call. You know, you you've standardized that process as a way to improve it. So, right. so oh, regardless, yeah, regardless of audio or no audio, Andy, it's it's a, it's a winner for sales organizations. Sure. So on the recorded audio, just to give listeners, you know, a complete picture of sort of what happens is because I think this is really interesting. Is so 
you record it on a, on a uh, iPad, on a mm-hmm. tablet, you upload it to the cloud. Is the way that most people interact with it after that as a transcription or listening to the audio itself? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So as the so you you let's go in the day in the life. You know, I've done my sales call. I've captured the audio, of course, with the permission of the customer, which is no big deal. And then when I hit done, you know, really what happens is um, that interaction in entirety, the questions, the tags, all my notes, and the audio goes up to our our centralized web services platform that the customer, right, multi-tenant, they would own their own space in there. And all those voices convert to text. Mm -hmm. And our technology knows the voice of the salesperson versus the voice of the customer, which is going to lead to some interesting data points later on. And a lot of that data automatically ends up in the CRM, like salesforce.com, just automatically so the salesperson doesn't have to put that data in later on. So now let's say it's... Well, they put the whole conversation in or... Well, there's the, in the CRM. There's a there's a link that's automatically embedded into the activity record of of um, you know that account mm-hmm. or that opportunity. That as I click on that from let's say a CRM like Salesforce, it automatically uh, opens up the notes, and that's where um, you would review the data. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that piece. So let's say it's a couple weeks later. Now the salesperson has got to put together a presentation or a proposal. Um, they they would they would see their notes. They uh, actually would hear the audio, and the, and they actually see themselves writing their notes or keyboarding in their notes because it's synced up with the audio. And wherever they click on their notes, uh, the audio jumps to that moment in time. So the, the notes actually mark the audio. And then if they just want to review the topics that were discussed, there's a tab there where you can go into the questions that you asked. And if you just want to hear the answer to the questions, you just click uh, that question and you'll hear the customer uh, giving you their answer around some of their problems or dissatisfaction or goals, whatever that question was related to. So your system, or, your system recognizes questions when they're asked then it, and, it, and extracts it, it, it them. Does. It does. So what it really does, if you think about it, is it it takes, let's say, the average sales call. It's an hour long, right? I mean, and uh, like a discovery call, and, and mm-hmm. so that that would equate to about seven thousand spoken words. And so, uh, you know, basically, you know, we take those seven thousand words and we break them all down by the topic discussed, by the question that was asked. Um, we actually synthesize that data. Uh, to learn from it so that we can get a sense for the ratio of talking to listening. We can get a sense for how many problems are discussed in the call or how many goals. And then what we can do is, is you know, basically look at what the star performers are doing versus the core performers, uh, analyze those calls, you know, as a way for the client to improve the, you know, kind of the core performers and narrow that productivity gap. Right. So how does a sales manager on sort of a real-time basis use Spearfish to coach their people? Are they going in and looking at the right. calls you know, every day? Yeah. I mean, how's that, how's that time yeah. work? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so what would happen uh, is the sales manager would get a report, right? So let's say a weekly report or whenever they would want to get it. And uh, it would basically give insight into what's going on in the sales calls, uh, for instance, you know, by stage of call. So... Uh, maybe a sales manager would see, I want to see, you know, what's going on in my sales team's effectiveness around creating demand, right? Kind of that first third of the cycle where you've got to go in and find and grow dissatisfaction and customer, uncover customer goals, let's say. And and uh, so I just want to I just want to get a sense for what's going on in those calls around. Uh, 
you know, the ratio of talking to listening in those calls with my people, uh, how many problems uh, are being discussed, you know, or by the, by the prospect or the customer, how many times my salesperson brings up a certain problem. And then I want to maybe get a sense for in that report, you know, does my salesperson jump in with a solution right away to a found problem or do they kind of explore consequences or implications? I want to get a sense for the length of those calls, by the way, which is really important. So there's all kinds of, so we basically, every sales call is run through our software and, and basically it's broken down into elements that you can put into a report that that really tell a sales manager who needs coaching, you know, what really what's working well in the sales org, what's working not so well, you know, what, what's leading to more unsuccessful sales calls. And they just see it there in a report. Now, then that report would, you know, send them immediately to coachable moments, you know, in sales calls so they can actually hear, uh, you know, uh, actual instances, uh, audio sound bites of calls, uh, that happened a week, two, three, four weeks ago as a way to then to give feedback to those salespeople about how to improve performance. So we actually have a way that when they're, you know, we drive them to coachable moments. So, so, so a sales manager doesn't have to listen to the whole hour call. They might listen to five or ten minutes because we pointed them to that five or ten minutes, and then they would write an annotation right on the digital uh, sales call as a way to give salespeople feedback. And the key of this, you know, as you know, Andy, is that feedback is really what moves the needle when you're trying to train salespeople mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how to improve their complex interpersonal skills or their strategies. And, and, and you know, so now you've got a way to, um, you know, shine a light into those areas that really are working. So if your feedback wants to be positive, hey, that was great. You've made that change. Congratulations. Or if that feedback is more, hey, how do we make you better here? You know, sales managers have a way to give that feedback without the expense and the obtrusiveness of having to go out in the field, observe sales behavior with scotch tape on their mouth, which they don't do very well. Mm-hmm, and, not at all. And, yeah, and give feedback. Well, they want to jump into calls, which kind of ruins the coaching moment. So, so you know, this is a much more effective a uh, cost-effective uh, way to deliver feedback to salespeople. It also increases the volume of feedback to salespeople. So, you know, that really translates to, you know, much faster onboarding of new hires because, you know, in most sales environments we work in, uh, commercial selling environments, mid-to-long selling cycle, it probably takes at least a year for salespeople, maybe seven months to a year before they're kind of comfortable then it might take another year before they're really hitting, you know, really good productivity gains and their unconscious competence. So this reduces all that significantly uh, because, you know, it's really their lack of experiences that, that it's really their lack of experiences that lengthens time to proficiency. Yeah, I mean, people right? people learn through observation, so this is just a a way to accelerate the observation, even though they're not in person, but they're still observing it and hearing both sides of the interaction. Yeah, you got it. So it's uh. You know, it, it gets it, our technology, I think, or our tool, I think about it more as a tool, um, you know, really opens a lot of interesting questions like, number one, what's the quality of the coaching feedback sales managers are giving? Is it really good feedback? Is it maybe a little erratic that it falls outside the selling process? Gee, can other people in the organization become virtual sales coaches? You know, can the sales trainers now tie into some of those sales calls because they would be really good coaches? And, and uh, you know, we all know at the end of the day, 
you know, that sales managers, their ultimate job is to make their people better, right, to improve their performance. But I think the, the, the biggest challenge is that has a tendency to fall to the bottom of the ladder. From a sales enablement perspective, sales managers are so busy doing other things, you know, to help meet the quarterly numbers, jumping in on sales, doing all the paperwork. You know, the last thing they're doing is coaching, which is probably the most important thing. Right, that's the number one thing they should be doing, right? You got it, but they just don't have the time, and it's not their fault. So we're we're giving them a tool that that <laughs> well that could be a whole conversation we could have about whose fault it is and whether they have time or not. But yeah, let's go ahead. We'll, yeah, you we'll got accept it. your premise for now, but not that I necessarily agree with it. Well, what's the what, the premise of what? Well, that that they don't have time for coaching. Well, yeah, but we both agree that the coaching is really important, and uh, I think we're trying to give them a tool that eliminates you know the. Um, the barriers of time, right? Uh, all those time constraints uh, that they might manifest or complain about, they just don't have time to do. Now, you know, you can do a lot of one-on-one, very personal coaching on real-time performance, you know, with your pajamas on and and uh, on your computer and giving people a lot of quality feedback to move the needle. I mean, you are a sales manager now who has been empowered. And, and by the way, it is an interesting subject because, you know, the, the feedback doesn't necessarily uh, that's going on in sales calls, what's working, what isn't. You know, a lot of that feedback can go directly to salespeople, right? I mean, because, you know, what you find is if you're giving salespeople good feedback, you don't care where it's coming from, that if they if they can see reports that would say, hey, you know, Tony, you're talking too much in sales calls. Tony, you find half as many problems as our star performers in your average discovery call. Uh, if they're getting direct feedback from that, uh, you know, salespeople have a tendency to autocorrect, right? I mean, they can become their own coaches. So I, we think that's an interesting dynamic, too, or pairing them up with other salespeople who can help coach them up. So I, I think, you know, the whole idea there is, you know, how do you improve performance? And it just doesn't have to be through sales coaching with our tool. Right. Okay, we're going to take that. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, with me today is Mark Miller, CEO of Spearfish, S-P-E-A-R-F-Y-S-H.com. Make sure people get that Y in there. And he's come back and talk to us some more about their very interesting product. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, welcome back. My guest today is Mark Miller, CEO of Spearfish at spearfish.com. That's spelled S-P-E-A-R-F-Y-S-H.com. So I have a hypothetical scenario for you, which has almost nothing to do with Spearfish, but I asked this question of all my guests. So you're a new sales manager. You've been brought into a company whose sales have stagnated, they're sort of stalled, and upper management is really urgent for things to change. So what two things would you do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? <laughs> oh, 
My goodness, that is a great question. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, any good, sale, any good sales manager, first thing is try to wrap my arms around uh, what we have. And, um, you know, I, I think that I would, um, you know, want to get a sense for do we have a common methodology or framework around market facing? I mean, to me, are we all on the same page? Do we agree on, you know, those steps? to how we're going to create demand, how we're going to get to a consensus yes with the larger buying group. And that's where a lot of things really bog down today, right, with all the decision makers. But do we have a consistent process in place that has research behind it that works? That'd be my first thing. My second one that I would want to answer very quickly is, okay, we've got the process in place with the strategies and with the skills we expect, right? Mm -hmm. But how do we know people are doing it? So I would want a second step in there that would say, you know, how can we enable the sales team with tools that add transparency to what's going on in the field as a way to ensure proper execution of that sales discipline? So those would be my two. Okay. Good answer. So back to Spearfish. So, for was, so there was a wrong answer on that? Well, no. Well, actually... I don't know if there's a right teasing. or wrong answer. There's there's just answers, right? <laughs> just answers. I was just teasing. <laughs> but right. it goes right. yeah, very. It differs widely the prescriptions, yeah, uh, based on the people's backgrounds, uh, the, my guest backgrounds, and their, I guess their experiences and their inclinations. So, and that's yeah. There's no one right answer for everything, but ultimately we're going to compile these and and uh, see what sort of floats to the top and turns the most popular. But yeah, yeah. So for people that are listening, you know, give them a sense of the profile of your ideal customer, your ideal customer. You know, who's what's the profile of a company that's using Spearfish today? Yeah, I, th I think they're I think they're, you know, they're they're dissatisfied with the status quo. Um, I mean, I, I think it's 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 leadership who's uh, probably frustrated w with the fact that, you know, we get a fair amount of opportunities, but we're losing too often. They're not satisfied with that win rate. They see the major barrier as, you know, often just losing to the status quo, not so much the competition. If they lose to the competition, it's because, you know, the we're denigrating to the, you know, the lowest common denominator price. We're losing our price, so we're losing our margins. And um, I think I think they're frustrated with that. I think they're probably a little more advanced around, you know, the use of technology. They understand how technology can leverage productivity. So, you know, they've already probably employed a CRM or have, have tried that. They have mm -hmm. found out that, you know, that's a record management system that doesn't really affect um, sales effectiveness as much as they would like. Um, and uh, I think they're skeptical of new things as they should be. They're skeptical of adoption. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're go-getters, they're, they're change makers, uh, and they're learners, right? I mean, these are people that like learning and trying new things. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're change masters in their own organization. Well, so how do they evaluate whether this is the right solution for them at this point in time? And more importantly is how do they determine what the ROI is on their investment in an app like yeah. Spearfish? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think they're probably the, the use cases that draw them to Spearfish is that they're, you know, they're hiring new people and, you know, that turnover is a little too high. They want to onboard them more quickly, right? That time to proficiency is critical. I think they, they're probably uh, either they've already migrated to or in process of migrating from products to solutions. And, you know, the conversations are getting more complex as a result 
Um, you know, they need salespeople who can execute fluently the new solution conversations every step of the way. Um, and, and I think they're frustrated because um, they don't necessarily know how effective those conversations are. They have to rely on salespeople to tell them what happened, uh, which is a problem all by itself. Um, so, so I think those so, are two. Right. So and it's, we're talking about somebody with an outside sales force because we're looking primarily at these interactions because you can record you know, telephone calls, obviously, today. So really for people who are out in the field meeting the customers, you said sort of increasingly complex sales. It's, do you see it tending more? It's more oriented by how complex the product is versus the size of the company that's employing it, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's not really. It could be SMB, you know, small company. It could be mean size. could be enterprise. I think uh, that's right. It's more the probably the size is the solution. You know, to me, it's more of a commercial B2B sale. It's probably they're selling solutions that are an average ten or $20,000. I think that they're also probably very concerned about churn, right? Customer retention support. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. customer retention because they're moving more towards recurring revenue models. And, and um, you know, they're also very concerned about messaging. I mean, and, and by the way, all the way from that the marketers and the product managers are getting the messaging right, you know, that insight up front that can be delivered by the sales team or, or by the marketing channels, right? So they're very concerned. You know, I think what they ought to be concerned about, and I'm not so sure they are, the sales org got to be really concerned that, you know, there's feedback coming from those sales calls to the marketing guys and the product managers because those guys are building the front ends. They're the early engagers, you know, of the, uh, the prospects, mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the sales guys get a hold of them. And you don't want to shut those guys out of, you know, those rich conversations that happen on a daily basis. So so what you want is a, a whole end-to-end -end machine built, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. That, that, that not only ensures that, hey, we're getting enough opportunities, you know, the efficiencies, but when we show up in front of those opportunities, we're highly effective and we're getting better every day because we're leveraging the wisdom of our own tribe, right? We know what our star performers do. We've got it captured. We've got it into little bite-sized pieces and a little audible component so that we can share those with the new people as a way to improve their performance. And, um, you know, so as our business models change faster and faster, we adapt quicker. And, and uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, sales organizations today, you know, what they need to be thinking about is, you know, the digital tools, uh, whether those are mobile tools, whether uh, um, they're used in the field or on the phone, but I think they ought to be thinking about that conversation they're having with customers and prospects as a as a new asset that, if captured, can take productivity to whole new levels of their organization. And how are you gauging? I mean, I agree, hundred percent. So, how are you gauging productivity? How are you sure. measuring that? It depends on the client because every client, uh, like we, we just had a client who um, the way they measured us, it was uh, it's probably the largest technology company in the Midwest. Uh, so it's an enterprise company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're selling as a team sport where they have inside people setting the appointments, you know, qualifying, hand right. off to the field, hand off to the sales engineers or bring them to the table. Um, and they were interested in three things. They were interested in, number one, they, this new sales methodology that they had employed. They, they, they wanted to measure 
whether people were actually executing on that new methodology because they had spent a lot of money there training salespeople, but they, they didn't think that it was being adopted very well. At least they weren't sure. The second, they wanted to uh, have an easier way to get data into Salesforce.com, and uh, because um, compliance was a real issue there, you know, around the records management mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. summaries. And third, they wanted to um, make it easier for their sales managers to do uh, coaching, specifically kind of field slash curbside coaching you know, on sales calls, actually where those happen in the field or on the phone, they wanted an easier, more effective way to do that uh, to give feedback to salespeople to improve performance. So those were their three things. We put metrics behind those, those measures, uh, you know, which you can do with um, a lot of different ways. But those were those were the three areas that we drove in, in that particular organization. So everybody's a little different. I mean, one we just did, you know, their average solution size was like, uh, I think it's uh, almost a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's a big marketing platform, and you know their their whole uh, focus for with us is win rate. And uh, right now their their uh, their failure rate, we reverse it, is ninety two percent. So from every initial lead they get to getting a closed deal, uh, you know they only win eight percent of those. You know maybe. You know, and, and they want to they want to double that, right? They want to mm. get that closer to fifteen, twenty percent, and every percent is worth a lot of money, right, to the client. So our entire focus with them is, you know, from an end-to-end standpoint, helping them get closer to a twenty percent win rate. A um, little different metric, but you know, one that most sales organizations are interested in. Yeah. Well, also, it sounds like they should be targeting their leads better, but that's a whole other other conversation. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're right. But actually, they're they're very disciplined. It's, right. it's really interesting to observe those guys. They're they're very very disciplined, and you know, they again, here's a here's a typical one where they do a great job. Where we've seen with the data of you know creating the demand for their marketing platform uh, with a champion, and then you know getting it in front of a you know that person then gets five or six or seven uh, of the buying team, like this. You know the executives right, right. and the marketing. They get them all at the table, and and then it's you know people are excited when they see it. They say, hey, that's really good. That's definitely better than the way we're doing things. But that isn't. But a lot of times those deals just evaporate, even though the buyer says it's good and it's a better way of doing things. You know because um, you know I think buying is just becoming more dysfunctional in organizations today because everybody's got to weigh in and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen especially the legal cook and the IT cook right they can mm-hmm. bog things down so so you know the data you know it was interesting right and working um, them working through that issue um, you know as a way to solve that problem with our technology so kind of interesting process Great. So we're moving to the last segment of our show, which is some rapid fire questions for you. And you can give me one word answers. You can elaborate as much as you want, uh, you know, (laughs) within reason, I guess. So are you ready for a few questions? Go for it. So what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Um, I, when I come in, I open four browsers, right? Uh, One is Google. I still use Google. Second is Salesforce.com tab. Uh, third is LinkedIn, and fourth is Spearfish. I mean, those are my four portals to the world, and those are frankly the the, the four technologies that I am just in constantly. Okay, who's your sales role model? Uh, Neil Rackham. Um, 
uh, who was the author of Spin Selling mm-hmm. and, and uh, did research back in the 80s that I thought was the most prominent research uh, of its time. I thought, it, I thought it really broke through selling. And um, he's an idiosyncratic, uh, wonderful guy. Uh, I think, I, think um, I don't think many of us could do better and have a role model like him. Okay. What's the one book that every salesperson should read? Um, I've read your book, Zero Time Selling. I thought that was very good. I've written a couple books. I've written a couple books. Um, one was A Seat at the Table. One was Selling is Dead. Um, so, you know, my, my books are, are considered bestsellers, um, as yours is. And, um, you know, I, I liked Rackham's earlier work. I, I think The Challenger is good work. It's based on survey data. And there's some new work coming out from Challenger, I think, that is, is very, very good work as well. Okay. So multiple books in there. And if you're looking up Mark's book, it's M-A-R-C, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, on Amazon. So what's your favorite music to listen to to psych yourself up for an important sales call? Oh, gosh. That's like, I'm a total uh, indie guy, right? So, yeah. uh, And I love Spotify. So I'd say, let me go, I'm going to go more towards the platform. What's on, your, what's on your Spotify list? Oh, I was just listening to it earlier because I was reading. Uh, I'm so eclectic. I got so much stuff. All I know is I've, I've got six kids. Most of them are in their 20s. And when they look at what I've got on Spotify, it's like the stuff that they're listening to. I just never know the I never know the names of any of the songs. I just listen to the music. So, like, my first song is the Dandy Warhols, Wild Club, Crowded House, Langhorn Slim, Bell and Sebastian, Airborne Toxic. So a lot of stuff hey, people have going, never heard of. You're going, well, you're going back and forth. You know, generations there. That's pretty cool crazy stuff yeah got some older stuff got some newer stuff excellent okay so what's the one most important thing a new salesperson or an inexperienced salesperson should focus on to improve yeah i i i don't think that's changed and i think it's you know i heard this analogy a while back i wish i could attribute it but you know i think that that you know that we're all in the jungle right and and but the jungle's getting more complicated you know the the competitors are getting more complicated business models are getting more complicated uh the conversations are getting more complicated people's so so i think i think that what you need to understand as a salesperson is is you need to figure out where that other guy is and they're part of the jungle, right? You need to stop. You need to figure out, you know, their objectives, how they're measured, their priorities, you know, where they're hitting walls, um, what's important to them. And I don't think that's changed, but I, I think it's sometimes an overlooked area. And if you can figure out where they're at and they're part of the jungle and communicate where you're at, you can, you can kind of figure out if there's a horse in there. It's always been a good analogy for me never okay. to kind of lose sight of that. All right. So last question. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Um, how do customers feel about recording audio? Like, how are my customers going to accept that? Yeah. And, and the answer is, um, it doesn't matter. If you ask the right way where customers you know, understand the benefits to them, the acceptance rate is high. But if a sensitive situation, maybe you don't want to use it, or customers would say no for some reason, that's totally good because, you know, you still want to use digital tools when you're taking your notes because then it becomes an asset for the entire team. Either way, you win. And uh, so although that's the question I get asked a lot, um, the answer sometimes isn't really about audio. It's about standardizing in a sales team how data is captured in a sales call so it become an asset to improve performance. Right. And I think you bring up an interesting point you brought up a couple times. I just want to reiterate it for people that are listening, especially CEOs, senior executives, is that 
this information that your salespeople are gathering on sales calls is a corporate asset. It's not their personal asset. The sales reps, it's a corporate asset. And as you said, capturing it digitally really helps improve the odds that it gets into the system and it is an asset that can be shared and used to analyze opportunities and improve the performance of the sales reps as opposed to chicken scratches on a notepad that never get entered into your CRM system. Yeah, and if you're going to go hardware-wise, I mean, because it's always a good question. It's like, I'm going to tell you, you look at these new generation of tablets coming out. The Microsoft Surface Pro tablet is great. I think what's going to be greater now is this Microsoft, the iPad Pro that's coming out in November of 2015. So in two months, because uh, this is October, right, mm-hmm. uh, or so. So, so but, but the point that is, uh, that is going to be an incredibly powerful enterprise tool, the ultimate uh, mobile device that actually has a stylus with it and uh, has a great keyboard and, uh, you know, it's a larger than a normal iPad. But that's going to be the tool you're going to want to carry around. And you're going to look professional to a customer. Your company's going to look like they really have their act together from a technology standpoint. And, you know, you're going to become a publisher of content as a salesperson. I mean, salespeople don't see themselves that way. But they really need to because that's the world that we live in. That's the social media world where we're publishing content, we're sharing content, um, we're analyzing content as a way to get better every day. And for the first time, that hardware really is going to be available that goes into sales calls with you. And Mm -hmm. salespeople are kind of the maestros and the artists. And they're creating new kinds of content that only makes them better but makes everybody else better, right? And the whole idea here is... You know, we is smarter than me. It, the old days of selling was all about me, the cowboy who did it all, got in the doors, created the demand, put the proposal together, blah, blah, blah. Those days are over. We are now collaborators. We're more of a pit crew, right, than, than we are the cowboy model. And as such, we need collaborative social media tools. We need, we need you know, to, to really change our game you know, as a way to add more value to our customers and our own organizations. Great. Well, I want to thank today's guest, Mark Miller, CEO of Spearfish. Mark, please tell folks how they can find out more about Spearfish. Absolutely. Uh, go to www.spearfish.com. Again, S-P-E-A-R-F-Y-S-H, not I, F-Y-S-H.com. We actually have uh, my second book, which was A Seat at the Table. We have a giveaway here. So um, if you go to spearfish.com backslash giveaway, you can download the PDF from my second book, A Seat at the Table. We're happy to do that. And uh, I think that's probably the best way to begin exploring what Spearfish is all about beyond this podcast. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here today. And remember, everyone, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you amp up your business. Subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because you want to make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top sales experts like our guest today, Mark Miller, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.